we interrupt your regular Movie Mouth podcast for a very special one-off video store corner standalone episode in homage to the Movie Mouth team's greatest action movie love. So kneel down, arms aloft, and pop that green smoke, because we're going back to Alcatraz Island to penetrate that allegedly inescapable prison on this the 25th anniversary of Michael Bay's The Rock. In this standalone episode, we will be shirking our usual podcast agenda by focusing specifically on The Rock. We will be going into detail on the plot, the performances, the effects. This is one nerdgasm of a show this week, and if you haven't seen the movie, it might be worth pausing us here, watching, streaming, or buying a copy of the movie, and then coming right on back to us. Yes, on a budget of $90 million and released on June 7th, 1996, The Rock sees FBI chemical warfare expert Stanley Goodspeed, played by Nicolas Cage, being sent on an urgent mission with a former British spy, John Patrick Mason, played by Sean Connery. In order to stop the American military hero General Francis X. Hummel, played by Ed Harris, from launching chemical weapons from Alcatraz into San Francisco. So gather round as I lead this mission into the belly of the beast. To do this, we need a crack team of operatives, each with their own skill set in order to penetrate and neutralize the rock. First, there is I, Stanley Miles Goodspeed, the desk-bound, vinyl record-obsessed, terrible guitar-playing chemical weapons expert, ready to go into the field for the first time. Just let me throw up a little bit first. Next, a British, grizzled, shaggy-haired prisoner of the Movie Mouth podcast, a man truly out of touch with modern times, who's liable to throw you a thumbs up and leave you to figure out just what the heck he means by it. A man who, at the end of this very pod, I will tell the authorities, was vaporized and blown out to sea. Just don't tell him Alexander Solzhenitsyn plays for the Red Wings. It's John Patrick Mason himself. Phil. Hi, Phil. Hello. How are you? I'm perfectly okay, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and last, but by no means least, we are graced with a guest starring turn from a man who throughout his illustrious career as an officer in the Cypriot army has tours in Vietnam, Panama, Grenada, Desert Storm, three silver stars, two purple hearts, and the Congressional Medal of Jesus. He may be disenfranchised, disgruntled, and have his heart in the right place. However, he's still ultimately terrorizing the Movie Mouth podcast with his presence. Stand down, Captain. It's the only actual professionally qualified movie critic and journalist on the team this week. Yes, it's General Francis X. Hummel, a.k.a. Sean Crisanthu. Hi, Sean. How are you, and what have you been up to? Hi, Moss. I'm good, mate. As you know, the men of Movie Mouth Podcast are selected to carry out illegal operations throughout the world. When they don't come home, their families are told fairy tales about what happened to them and denied compensation. Well, I've choked on those lies my entire career. Here and now, the lies stop. <laughs> oh, we're off to the nerdiest start that I could ever imagine. And I love, and I love it. It's a wonder we've all had sex. So, <laughs> first things first, boys, yeah. how good is this movie and what does it mean to you? And give me some of your favorite memories of, of watching it over the years. Go on, Sean. Oh, well, I remember first seeing I was living in, back in Cyprus in the time. I can actually even remember the specific cinema. Uh, it was Pantheon in Nicosia. 
there was an outside staircase to get out. I can actually still even remember standing in the foyer with all the lobby cards dotted all around with my best mate and absolutely blew me away. I just, I, and it from, from that moment on, it, it has constantly and almost to the extent where I don't understand why it hasn't blown everyone else I know away. I mean, I know it has you two guys, but do you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those movies that I'm, what do you mean? You don't worship this movie. Um, yeah. yeah, I just, I, I just think it's, it just, it just, it's a movie that puts a, I was going to say smile, but actually I'm going to say shit eating grin on my face every mm-hmm. time I watch it. It's great. <laughs> Absolutely. And can I, can I just say, so for our listeners benefit, who obviously this isn't a video podcast, but Sean actually has the rock playing in the background. We can actually see it. And as he said, the words blown away. There was literally a gigantic explosion on the screen. And then he said, shit-eating grin, and we saw Nicolas Cage drive a Ferrari through a window. It's very distracting as well. It's like, you know when you're in a pub and the football's on, but you're trying yeah. to, so you're, you're, someone's trying to speak to you. It's like, I'm trying to concentrate what you're saying, but I'm also watching The Rock again in the corner of the screen. <laughs> but I love it. How about you, Phil? Yeah, just, I think, you know, echoing what Sean said. I mean, I wasn't... Uh, old enough to watch it when it came out of the cinema. Um, but it was, that's not an insult, Sean, sorry. Don't take that the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> no, absolutely is, but we'll move. It definitely was very passive-aggressive. It was a very yeah, passive yeah, yeah. insult. Uh, I wasn't actually I'll, old I'll, enough. I, I can actually. wait, I can wait. That's all right, you'll get me back. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those, you know, 96, I had it on video when it, when it came out. And oh my God, it's just, up there for me as just one of the best action films that I can just rewatch over and over again. Like you, you know, you're up there with like Terminator two, you're up there with aliens, you're up there with, um, die hard. And you know, the rock is just amazing fun. And, you know, I watched it in preparation for this at a ridiculous time in the morning. I didn't care. I was just grinning. I was tired, but I was just grinning the entire time. It didn't matter. I can watch it whenever and I never get bored of it. And it's just a brilliant film. Love it. Amen. Amen to that. I actually, I watched it twice yesterday with an incredible hangover and (laughs) still managed to have the volume all the way up. Yeah. (laughs) Which was impressive. (laughs) Um, my, My memory of this, like you, Phil, was a little bit too young to see it at the cinema. However... I remember this at a time when my brother, who was a couple of years older than me, would go to the cinema and watch these movies. And then he would come back home and he would basically explain the entire plot to me. <laughs> so a bit like the the kind of novel that they would tie in, you know, it was kind of like that. He would yeah. always come back. And I remember actually Mortal Kombat was one of those. We did another video store on that. But I remember him coming back and explaining the uh, the, the first moment we meet mason sean connery and how hilarious it is there's that there's that scene that we'll come on to with the the one-way glass um (laughs) and uh and just thinking this sounds incredible and then finally getting to watch it i think on video or dvd i think it was it was probably video and just absolutely falling in love with it um my second favorite viewing of this movie though was it was a christmas a, a few years ago probably five six years ago and Sean and I had a commitment at that time, uh, family, familial commitment. And we'd been talking about uh, The Last Jedi and how terrible it was. And he brought, me, he, he brought me some green milk that was laced with uh, Jack Daniels. 
and as a as a gift because I was complaining about how Luke Skywalker spits this stuff down his chin in that movie, and he brought me this 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 milk, and and so we went back to mine, and I had an amazing uh, home cinema setup back then, and uh, we put it on on Blu-ray Christmas Day, and I and I drank all of that blue slash green alien milk with the Jack Daniels in it, and. We were both extremely drunk, and I think by the end, did we cry at the end? When the- I, I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Cried in each other's arms, I think. We did, yeah. Yeah. We did. <laughs> <laughs> but what a moment. That's just so many times mm. for years. I also will say one other thing about this, is that when this movie's on TV in the UK, I regularly get people texting me just saying, The Rock's on TV. Mm. Yeah. Just random friends just saying, by the way, The Rock's on TV. I'm like, okay, great. What do you want me to do with that information? <laughs> it just obviously makes people think of me because I love this yeah. film so much. So what a great movie. What a great movie. Yeah, so true. why don't we jump into the scenes? Let's just go kind of scene by scene. We don't have to spend too much time on this, <laughs> but just kind of give our, our, kind of, uh, our kind of impression on it. And starting off with the opening credits. So mm-hmm. if you recall, this is uh, where General Hummel is walking through the cemetery and the, the, we, we first hear the score to this movie and the driving rain and the gunshots. Yeah, I mean, the score, isn't it? I mean, I mean, aside from everything else, I know we're going to go scene by scene, but that score is just amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, just that that whole dr- the, the drive of it, it's just, I mean, I mean, actually, literally saying that, it is, a, it is actually a soundtrack I actually often listen to in the car when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. It's when you're just, driving, you know what I mean? Ferrari. It gives you that kind of, oh, yeah, just give it. Yeah, um, yeah brilliant. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean the score. It must be said to put that out of the way because, like, we'll probably you know want to mention that a lot. But throughout mm-hmm. this film, the score is so um, it's such a big factor to why mm-hmm. I love this film so much because mm-hmm. it's so loud in the mix. It's so you know so there. Uh, you know, it's like montage off a montage or you know <laughs> yeah. whatever. But with yeah, the yeah, true, best true. Hans Zimmer um, soundtrack. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and so, it never ends. It's just in every it's just scene. Constant. Yeah, and it just keeps building and building and building. It's like oh, there's no dialogue. Think it's going to go one Let's way, it goes it another way, and then you yeah. get you know, you get uh, the Jade score, you know, mm-hmm. which is the yeah. <laughs> uh, you get you get the uh, <laughs> you get the chase score. Of course, Harry Gregson Williams, Hans Zimmer, and Nick Glennie Smith put this one together. I actually bought this on CD years ago. That's how much yeah. I love it. And like you, Sean, yeah. can listen to it at all, mm-hmm. at all times. But this is where we're first introduced to that, and we see General Hummel, kind of uh, his, his wife, sadly departed, and uh, putting his putting his his Congressional Medal of Honor on the on the grave and giving it a kiss. And poor old Barb. Yeah, it's always in the rain as well, aren't they? Those kind of scenes. It's a lot of rain. Pouring I was rain. watching yeah. that, thinking how, how pissed off was Ed yeah. Harris in that? He was mm-hmm. coated, coated yeah. in rain. Yeah. So yeah. like, was it Crimson Tide they did a scene where it was absolutely pissing yeah. down as well didn't it the briefing before they get on the sub yeah, yeah. that's right it's just yeah. Saying, yeah. That's, Bru- yeah. that's Bruckheimer that's Bruckheimer <laughs> he just loves a bit rain. of rain more yeah. rain make it wetter yeah. make the rain fatter <laughs> get one of those um, fans that puts it right in their faces and it does this, it, it does this great segue this opening scene it goes from that very heartfelt moment into cut straight into the Hummel getting the rockets where he, where he leads his team into the military base to cap, to get those VX canisters. Yeah. With the what, little are your, heist. What, what are your memories of this, this scene? It's great. I mean, I was listening, as I said, I was listening to some of the commentary on it and it's, 
yeah, it's good how, and with a lot of the rest of the film, it's good how accurate they went with that because mm. they were talking about the way they infiltrated us. Like they asked the real seal, like, you know, that was sort of being a consultant on the movie. They were like, you know, how would you go about, how would a team go about breaking into a military base? That's like, mm-hmm. you know, heavily fortified. They're like, well, you know, they don't want to kill anyone. So they're going to do it with beanbag guns. They're going to do it with like harpoon guns so that they could, you know, put lines across and zip in there. So it mm. all seems like really sort of believable. Um, maybe don't want to kill anyone. We'll blast them out of a window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll throw them down we're, some. We're we'll throw them down some stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Don't shoot him. Don't shoot him with bullets. Just knock him out the window with a beanbag. It'll be better. Yeah, just stick him right in the ribs with a beanbag so he flies yeah. out of a tower. It'll be fine. But those Unlethal. beanbags, they actually, they actually can hurt. They can break ribs. Oh yeah, yeah. You know they but, are. You know, the, the it's not the same as a bullet to the head, is it? Yeah, and then of course we see we get the introduced to the VX gas which yeah. is something that we all wish could be uninvented. It's very, very horrible. Yeah. yeah. Very, <laughs> very horrible. Um, and we see, of course, the soldier who gets um, exposed yeah. to one of these little these little orbs, these yeah. pearls. Green orbs. Yeah. And it's yeah. very, very nasty. And they leave him behind. Yeah. He could have <laughs> got out as well, to be fair. <laughs> but he would have got them, wouldn't he? Huh? He had, yeah. he had time to get out. <laughs> Yeah, but he yeah, could have got out. He would have. He would have. He would have intoxicated have everybody else. I know, but you know, where's the where's the they're just be bubbling in the corner? They're That's all right. bubbling. <laughs> leave leave no man behind. Well, maybe apart from guy. him, he's got a bubbly yeah. face, <laughs> a bubbly <Yeah>. one. <laughs> Mr. Blobby, um, very very uh, unfortunate. Um, then we see we see the intro to Stanley, Goodspeed, Nicholas mm. Cage. He fires his sticky dart gun across the room, which is not something I thought I'd be saying out loud. Um, but he fires it across the room into a target, and you see he's a bit of a nerd. You see he gets the the Beatles record that turns up six hundred dollars, um, and we get we get introduced to him that way before he is whisked into a secure containment room to defuse a sarin gas bomb. Yeah, baby. And, and baby bomb, and we learn <laughs> we learn bomb. about the uh, the needle being stuck into your heart, the atropine yeah. needle, which can save you apparently from absolutely anything, even if you're bubbling, your skin is bubbling. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Shot not, to the heart, you're fine. Yeah. Not only yeah. does not only are you fine, but you can't contaminate exactly. anybody else. It's incredible oh, no. stuff, atropine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you want me to stick this into my fucking heart? Are you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> that guy um, is an he, asshole though isn't he the one that like starts like what kind of doesn't take his job very seriously was he grabbing <laughs> something out of like yeah. something they've identified as a really dangerous package and he picks up a, a baby doll from it and starts shaking yeah. it and like I know, you know he, he what really a dickhead not, arrogant little shit is what he is yeah. he's new to the job though isn't he he's, he's a right job. I don't like and it and you've got to love yeah, loving cool. the commitment to the design as well. I just love that, you know, the, the eyes open before it sprays everything. Yeah. Over as well. It's, yeah. A, it's yeah. that attention to detail. Like of, of Chucky or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the terrorists were like, I tell you what, right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put a bomb inside this little doll, all right? New baby yeah. born or whatever it's called. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when someone wiggles the arm and does the high <laughs> hello sound uh, yeah. movement, um, the eyes are going to open first automatically very very slowly not like they usually pop open on those dolls but they're just yeah, very slowly yeah yeah and then the gas is going to spray out of its mouth <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like is that really necessary to wire it up like that it's like no yeah, but, but i had fun yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but it's really going to fucking freak them out when it happens. Yeah, exactly. Like, they'll, they'll only live for about 90 seconds, but yeah. they'll be free. They won't be able to yeah. tell anybody about it, but <laughs> this is what we're going to do for major impact. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that is a, I, that's a great scene. I will say yeah. that is a great scene. Um, I think it's, it's awesome to see Stanley in his own, in his own world. Yeah, uh, just those, just those sprinklers, eh? I mean, it's just, just the sprinklers, just the sprinklers. Oh just that's it. Job done. If we I then like... see, uh, we then see our first glimpse of Alcatraz, which is where this movie is not only based but was filmed as well. Yep. And uh, good old Ranger Bob, showing Ranger everybody Bob. around. I love that guy. <laughs> He's great. Uh, Apparently, Ed Harris couldn't keep a straight face in the scene where he is walking down the middle of the prison cells and he's put all of the you know, all the, the visitors all go into the prison cell. Apparently Ed Harris, Ed Harris walks up behind him with the two burly guys and he's like, we'll take it from here, Bob, or whatever. Apparently yeah, tour's over, kept, Bob. Yeah, tour's over, Bob. And apparently the guy kept turning around looking at Ed Harris, like with a really shocked <laughs> face and Ed Harris kept corpsing. He couldn't keep a straight face. And he was like, that was one day I just had the giggles on set. I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop laughing. Um, but we also see a glimpse there of, of General Hummel um, leading out some school children because he doesn't yeah. want them to be part of it, telling the teacher, you know. And so we do start to see who the man is, that maybe this isn't your typical villain or terrorist. This is someone that has another dimension to him as a character, which I think is awesome to start yeah. to see that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's not, it's not, not just, just your regular, just... like, nutcase, is he? Your regular exactly. nut job There's... that's going to kill everyone without any thought. Exactly, yeah. There's yeah. more going on there, isn't there? Though I, often, I did wonder when I watched that about he tells the kid, tell, te- tell your teacher you get back on a bus. The teacher isn't really going to listen. Yeah, it's like, shut you up, know what I mean? Charlene. Like, maybe if he there. went over and told the teacher with a gun to their head, they might listen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get back on the fucking boat. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this dirty old man told me, he's in a yeah, raincoat, exactly. and he told me to get back on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, just shut up. This is yeah. your, your parents paid a lot of money for this trip. <laughs> money for this trip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shut up. We're going to take you to the gift shop so you can buy a pencil and a ruler. Oh, I'd love to buy a ruler at Alcatraz. Wouldn't that be cool? Me too. To have all the name of the prisoners on it rather than all the names of the kings and queens. Through, through <laughs> all years. of like the prisoners. We, like we get in England. That's an English joke. When you go to a gift yeah. shop in an, any national trust site in England, you can buy a ruler with the list of all the kings and queens on it. Yeah. When was the last time you used a ruler? <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no, no bullshit. Yes, I use one regularly. Really? <laughs> just, just going back to the intro, Phil. A man truly out of touch with modern times. Um, <laughs> I was just checking if it had got bigger or not. It never has. <laughs> <laughs> Rockets never. away. Uh, we, um, mood, uh, we then meet. We then meet Mason for the first time. John oh. Patrick Mason. What a dude. I mean, that's John Connery, obviously, for the people that haven't seen it. But as, as we said before, if you haven't seen this film, go away right now. Turn us off. Stop. Press stop and go and watch it right now and then come back. Uh, yeah. I mean, doesn't he look cool with that hair to start? I, I, I was really sad when he gets the haircut because he looked like a fucking kick-ass bastard with that long hair. I reckon. Well, I thought he did. Mm. Didn't you? They drag him out of the cell and he's like, he's all in front of his face and he's like going along in the shackles and stuff. And they film it from down low. So he looks all imposing and stuff. I think for the first, that imposing comment, I think you're right. I think for the first time, Sean Connery is Bond and all these other movies. 
I, I don't think he, he would, for me, he never really comes across as imposing. Like, but no. even though he's a tall guy and he's wide, broad chested, but when he's got the long hair, something about him, he's a real unit. He's a yeah. real unit when he's walking around true. with that long hair. It That's really true, does yeah. make him imposing. I think you're right. I think you're yeah. right. And then he, we also see that not only is he big and, 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 and brawny, but he's also got the brains to back it up. Yeah. And yeah. in that in, interrogation scene where you see Stanley go in, completely unqualified to do so, goes in to try and convince him to, uh, Mason, to, to help them on this mission to go in and defuse these rockets. Yeah. I, I love Goodspeed in that scene as well because, you know, yeah. he's, already, he's already been interrogated by, um, what's his face? Um, Paxton. Yeah. Um, the, like the FBI agent. And, yeah. uh, it, you know, he's obviously doing it quite professionally. And they tell him, they, they tell Goodspeed to go in and he's got like no experience of interrogation. Yeah. He just goes in saying that he just seems like the nervous schoolboy on his first yeah. day. Like in front he of the He pretends he knows what he's, what he's doing. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. amazing. He's really good in that scene. And uh, it's just like, he's like, coffee. And he says, no, no, I'm fine, thanks. And he's like, no, offer me coffee. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, can we, uh, can we get some coffee yeah, over here? Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> he's just brilliant in this. Go ahead and I take these cuffs off. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, moves I've, his chair I've, a few feet back. Yeah. I've, I've always loved that line of the follow-up to that. Oh, that's one way to go. I just, that little throwaway line there when he says to him, take them off. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, It's brilliant. And, I um, think that that goes back to the the quality of, I mean, for for essentially a goofy movie, it's the quality of the performances in this as well. I mean, these guys are all uh, they're all bringing their A game, uh-huh. aren't they? You know, and that that scene, I think, I mean, I mean okay, let, let's not call it, you know, the cafe scene in Heat, but that that scene where you've got Connery and Cage up that, and like you said, that's just such a well played scene. Yeah. Everything about it is terrific. Yeah. He actually the 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 character the original character name of um, Stanley Goodspeed I think was uh, I can't remember it was like Jack Goodspeed or something like that mm-hmm. and um, in the build up to the movie Connery and Cage were discussing like the 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 kind of relationship between the characters and Connery and Cage both professed to be very big fans of Laurel and Hardy. So they wanted to inject that kind of dynamic. And uh, for that reason, Nicolas Cage himself, who Bruckheimer had given the green light to rewrite, to shape the character, which is, which is really unheard of in a movie of this kind of budget. Yeah. And changed the char- Nicolas Cage himself changed the character name to Stanley in homage to Stan Laurel. Okay. Um, That's another, another fine mesh you've got me into. Mesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, um, and so that was a big part of it. And in this scene, um, uh, Nicolas Cage would regularly fuck with Sean Connery. And when he says, uh, can you go ahead and take these cuffs off? He actually, <laughs> he actually originally said just to, just to make him laugh. Can we go ahead and take his panties off, please? <laughs> <laughs> and Sean Connery kept cracking up every time he kept saying the line, can you just go ahead and take his cuffs off? <laughs> so it was just like this whole thing. And then they became really close because of that. Because of that Plus, we all know Sean Connery would have flown commando anyway, wouldn't he? Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> under, the, under that boiler suit he was wearing. <laughs> so this is where we also see how FBI um, director Womack is... Uh, has some kind of history, Womack, with Womack. Uh, with with Mason. Is that ever really explained, Sean? I 
don't really recall that it is, is it? Do they go there? Not really. There's a little scene in the corridor, isn't there, when they, you know, he's trying to, when they first decide that they need to get him out of prison, like just before Mm. this interrogation Mm. scene. Mm. And they sort of say about the history, like, oh, you know, we put him away. But obviously he had something to do with interrogating him back in like 30 years ago. I kind of always had it in my head that he was probably on the task force of the guy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, probably took him in. probably, Probably broke his arm again you know i kind of like to think that he probably already broke that arm it was a reference yeah, so you know yeah, yeah so yeah. he's kind of went for it again that's kind of in my head but yeah uh, should we write the prequel movie womack oh, yeah. versus mason that's a, yeah <laughs> that's a, yeah yeah that would be yeah we should do that 100 <laughs> percent. so we that we then see mason uh grab a quarter that he's fashioned into a, a blunt instrument and uh, scrapes through the, round the glass, smashes through the glass, and he and he utters the immortal line. Sean, would you like to take it away? Warmack, why am I not surprised? You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> we should have all done that on three, really. Shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. But but this is a standout moment for me. This yeah. is la- oh, this is hysterical, and that Hyster- whole Mason Womack relationship is all summed up in that exact scene, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The fact Womack won't go in and interrogate him. Yeah. He'll put Paxton in. He'll put someone that hasn't even been qualified to interrogate him in before he will go in. <laughs> and, and absolutely, and Mason knew all along that he was behind that glass. Yeah, and it's like a proper here's Johnny moment as well, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's just when he peers through the glass with his hair over his face. Whoa, whoa. Go back. Yeah. Back. It's brilliant. Love great, it. Great moment. We then we then see um that uh Mason ends up with his own pad at the uh the, the Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco. He has a nice shower. Apparently doesn't seem to have ever heard the song uh if you're going to San Francisco, don't forget to wear flowers in your hair, because he really does not sing it in time in, as anybody would sing that song, does he? No. If you go into San Francisco, yeah. do, 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 it's do, like do, wear can, some flowers in your yeah. hair. It's like yeah. he's got a hearing aid and it's on delay. Yeah, he's, they did do it on delay as well, didn't they? They didn't make him sing in time with the song. They just no. it was just like these are the lyrics. Just sing it any way you want in whatever speed you want, and that's it. And he's like, you think that was it? He's never. Yeah, he'd never heard it, so he just, I mean, he's Sean Connery, so he's just like, okay, I'll just do this. No, he, I, I mean, he was distracted. Connery spent his 60s yeah. drinking and having sex. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> and he so. was distracted. He was, he was already planning his escape from the hotel room. So he was distracted. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which he pulled out the cord, the, uh, the clothesline. Clothesline. shower. <laughs> yeah. And knew immediately, and then called room service and ordered some drinks, snacks. <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> Incredible. Um, we then see him throw Womack <laughs> off off the balcony. Newly Sean, newly Sean, yeah. Sean Connery. Sean, Sean. Then yeah. throws uh, FBI. Is he director, happy with his haircut? <laughs> then throws uh, FBI director Womack off of the balcony with a rope tied to his wrist, and hangs him off of the balcony <laughs> by his arm. <laughs> and I mean, not going to lie. Sorry, I was just going to say, I'm not going to lie, that's some fucking strong uh, clothesline cord because it was only designed to hang clothes in a shower. It supports a full man's weight. 
Especially off, throw, when after yeah. throwing me off a balcony. He just ravels it around the arm of, of a wooden chair. He doesn't even tie it off. He just ravels it around. <laughs> and then the chair's somehow stuck. That is really sketchy, that moment. But we also, That's like the old thing about a horse, isn't it? When they tie up the horse outside the bar. Yeah, they just, yeah, throw, just throw it over throw the, the rope round it. Throw it over oh, the log. Hold a horse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a psychological thing. If, yeah. uh, if Womack didn't know it wasn't tied on, he'd fall. That's the thing. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> But the um, what, what what I really love about that scene as well is is that is so that so epitomizes what an absolute piece of shit Womack is, doesn't it? Because of, of what an arsehole he is to the guy who's rescuing him. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. the guy's pulling him back over yeah. the balcony. My, my fucking arm, you're gonna rip me! And he's still having it. He's still ranting yeah. at the guy who's just yeah. saved his life. Get the fuck off me! Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. Break my pull out my fucking arm. arm. Yeah. Yeah. He um. I also like this. I also like the the, the close up of uh, John Spencer. John Spencer, right? The actor Womack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where he is, he's the late great John Spencer from the West Wing. I think people probably know him. Yeah, they go. Yeah. Um, but hanging over the balcony, and then we see Michael Bay clearly fucking with him because he's hanging there and he's screaming, "Ah, fucking my fucking arm!" And then we see Michael Bay, <laughs> no doubt, releasing about six or seven <laughs> pigeons. Throw <at> the pigeon. <laughs> Which, release the pigeons release the yeah, pigeons let's imagine. go more smoke more pigeons you could just and imagine someone just see, lobbing a pigeon at him yeah there's a lot of pigeons and we then see John Spencer like he's, so he's going ah oh, my fucking arm and then the pigeon's like ah oh, fucking and he's, so he's, he's twatting away the pigeons with one arm while the other arm is holding it suspending him from the balcony yeah. it's just an incredible little one second cut yeah. that I obviously love. couldn't couldn't coun't get the rain machine to work that day yeah, 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 yeah. just yeah <laughs> The backup pigeons. Incredible. So <laughs> we then see uh, we then see Mason escape. He jumps in. A, he jumps in a uh, in a Humvee oh. and uh, a black Humvee and drives off through the streets of San Francisco and drives into absolutely everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything. He's not aiming for the road. He's aiming for the vehicles. <laughs> I mean, he chose the right vehicle to do that in, didn't he? Absolutely, and we just get everything, don't we? It's like wheelchairs, okay, and there's a, you know, there's that big on there. Everything they could that could literally be crossing a road. We, yeah, we even get we even get a it. very young woman made out to look like a very old oh, woman, the most with a cane. Un- unconvincing <laughs> granny I've ever seen in my life. Listen, part of me thinks an unconvincing granny, San Francisco. Is it Mrs. Doubtfire? He <laughs> <laughs> was practicing. Yeah. It was a it was a run it by was a Guinness truck. Two. It was a drive-by Humvee. <laughs> Run by fruiting. That is such a brilliant line. Oh. Um, but that's a great scene. You see, um, you see, obviously, good speed following him in a in a um, at a very good speed in a Ferrari, uh, a, a yellow Ferrari. <laughs> you just fucked up your Ferrari, man. <laughs> it's not mine. It's not yeah, I love the way that he says that. It's like it's not mine. Like he was trying to be really cool. Yeah, I mean, I suppose he was. He just, did just have a car crash in a Ferrari. So in in terms of this scene, what are your thoughts on this one, Sean? If I'm brutally honest, uh, this is actually my least favourite scene in the whole movie. Um, it just it just doesn't fit for me. It mm. feels shoehorned in. Um, in that sense, it kind of, if, it actually reminds me a bit of the motorcycle chase sequence in Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. Which for me just feels like it's a sequence that that you could just take out, and it would make basically no difference whatsoever. It just feels like right. We need some loud crashing. I don't dislike the scene. I don't have an issue with it, and it's quite amusing and it's well done. But for me, I just find it, and it it, it it's the only point in it, perhaps for me, where 
where I find it to be very Michael Bay. Yeah. The latter Michael Mm. Bay, shall we say. I did read that they put the car chase in there um, to appeal to like a younger audience that sort of, you know, wanted that Mm. cool car chase that was, you know, the sort of 90s thing. And I think, yeah, I think they were sort of convinced by the studio or whatever to put in a car chase to make it appeal to a certain audience a bit more. Mm. But I guess, you know, it worked. But, you know, it's a cool scene. There's some really cool stunts and bits and pieces in it. Um, I particularly like the the tram driver. You know, you see the tram (laughs) driver on the hill. And this poor bloke, he probably loves that tram, like the driver. Yeah, <laughs> and when he's like, it gets smashed into, and he's like, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah. Save yourselves! <laughs> yeah, save yourself! <laughs> <laughs> and it's like he's like he's really angry. You just feel really sorry because he's like, "Oh my baby!" Like talking my about baby. the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> and I just feel really sorry he's- for him. And um, yeah. this <laughs> and guy's it, about to retire. He's 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 cherished this tram for life, hasn't he? And he yeah. he's devastated. He's going to retire soon and have to hand it over to someone yeah. else and praise that they look after it like he did. And, yeah. Yeah. and then and in a space of twenty seconds, he's absolutely apart. obliterated. He, you've also got you've also got the great gag in this <laughs> visual comedy moment. So they're driving through the streets, and and you can see that you've got Connery, you've got Nicolas Cage. And they're doing this, Michael Bay's doing this This obviously on studio zoom into their faces as they're driving around and they're clearly just pretending to drive. They're yeah, not actually yeah, there yeah. on the day. And it's zooming in and zooming out and the camera's shaking all over the place. And we see Connery in this stolen Humvee and you hear the 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 the, the, the 90s phone ringing. And he's kind of looking around as he's speeding through the streets of San Francisco. And he's looking around, then he sees a. He picks up the phone. Hello. He's <laughs> like, "Hi, there's a scheiße Humvee. Fucking scheiße!" And he's like, "I'm only borrowing your Humvee." And then slams the phone down. Just fantastic. That's a great. Yeah, that's I a great that. gag. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, actually, it's worth. I mean, yeah all rock all the time for me but yeah it's actually worth that entire scene Agreed. which I don't much like for that it's, line it's it's one yeah. of my least favourite scenes as well I, I would say mm-hmm. it's one of my least favourite scenes and also yeah. in terms of soundtrack Nick Glennie Smith was actually credited because he then went back and actually recorded the that score for that scene The Chase which right. is why if you have the soundtrack if you stream it on mm. Spotify or wherever mm. it's the last song on the soundtrack because it was oh, okay. the last one to be completed for that ah, for cool. that scene mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you heard it here. You heard it here first. Jade. So uh, he meets up with Jade, his daughter, who he has apparently abandoned for her entire life and she's never met. Yeah. Um, and uh, and promises to to make good with her. And then we see Stanley Goodspeed bail her out, bail him out. All the cops turn up and she's like, oh, is that for you? You're getting arrested again. You're going back to jail. And he's like, yeah, it's for me. And then Goodspeed is sitting there listening to the conversation. And instead of going up to him and saying, Right, you're going back to jail, yada, yada, yada. He says, you know, well, well John, come on, John, let's go. We got to go. You know, and he kind of makes it sound like he's his partner rather yeah. than trying to arrest him. And we see that first what kind a, of relationship. What a guy. Well, what a great guy. Great yeah. guy. Great guy. <laughs> um, we then see Navy SEALs, Michael Bean himself, the most, the actor who's played a Navy SEAL the most throughout <laughs> Hollywood history. <laughs> In the past, the present, and the future. Yeah, yes. future. yeah. And in space. So the scene with uh, Michael Bean addressing the Navy SEALs before they go in, mm. a really cool little fact about this is that Michael Bean was shitting himself 
because the team they assembled were actual real life Navy SEALs, apart from yep. like one or two actors in that group. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. yeah. And he had to address them with this briefing, <laughs> you know, we're going into the rock, blah, 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 all that kind of thing. And he had Sean Connery there, who was his hero, his acting hero, <laughs> and, and Nicolas Cage. And he couldn't get it right. And the reason why, and, and so Michael, Michael Bay said, right, come into my trailer, let's sit down, let's have a conversation. And he sat down in, in there and Michael Bay on purpose put on the Crimson Tide soundtrack, Hans Zimmer Crimson Tide soundtrack. And on purpose, had it on in the background. And he said, look, what's the problem? And he said, I'm just looking out, I'm looking at all these guys and they're just these Navy SEALs, cold killers. And they're just staring back to me with their dead eyes. And he said, and then I've got Sean Connery there and blah, blah, blah. And he said, right. This is what you're going to do. You're going to sit in here. You're going to listen to this song and you're going to do the speech. And then once you've done it, you're going to come back out and you're going to nail it on the set. And that's what he did. And he sat in there. He listened to Crimson Tide a couple times through <laughs> the, the title of Crimson Tide and then went back out and just phew, nailed it. I mean, how would that not pick you, you up? Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine, though, being, being Kyle Reese, the guy who's faced off against the original Terminator? Do you know what I mean? And you're still intimidated by something yeah. like you. Th you think after that he could tackle anything, wouldn't he? But you know. yeah, and he'd already played opposite Ed Harris as well. I know he wasn't didn't share that scene with him in particular, but he'd already already faced off against Ed Harris, who's quite a intimidating mm. actor, mm. character actor, and in the Abyss. Yeah. So you kind of think you know you're going to be around Sean Connery, all right? You know. But apparently it was these the the demeanor of these Navy SEALs that really <laughs> freaked him out. Um, <laughs> So we then see the underwater entrance, which is a wicked scene yeah, when they're on the on the helicopter yeah. entering the, the facility, the, the prison. Yeah. 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 I think potentially... helicopters were a better fit than boats, weren't they? Oh yeah. You could get in a lot more stealthily by helicopter, couldn't you, than sneaking <laughs> over on <laughs> They're like three helicopters thingy, zooming but, along yeah. <laughs> over the water. Uh yeah, I mean that's that was I didn't really think about that, but that is quite ridiculous when you think about it. <laughs> Yeah, must be said. One of the coolest, like one of my favorite, like bits of the entire film and of a lot of films is when they appear up, like in the you know they get in and they oh, surface. Yeah. There's that close the up. They yeah. surface in the that boiler room awesome. yeah. with the guns and the LED lights on the guns and like the uh, yeah, yeah. and just their sort of like camera light or whatever. It just looks really cool when they just the yeah, steam appear out and of the, the laser, the oh, green lasers yeah. and the night vision and the brilliant, brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, I yeah. love. I also love the scene where they're in the little submarine submersible vehicles, kind of going into the um, into the, the pipe and all that kind of thing. I think it's awesome. Love yeah. the the real seeing the Navy, Navy SEALs doing what Navy SEALs actually do, and the reason they don't have any bubbles billowing up is because they're using rebreathing apparatus, which is what Navy SEALs actually use, so that any guards or anyone cir circling a beach or a lake or whatever don't oh, see we'll the see bubbles it. popping up. So they're actually using the real the real equipment, but apparently Connery and Nicolas Cage hated it because they had to wear the bubble suits, the dry suits, which uh, yeah. were the really baggy, like inflated suits. <clears throat> Whereas like all the other guys were wearing full on wetsuits because they were actual Navy SEALs and they could adapt to the cold water. And they were just, yeah. Sean Connery absolutely hated it. And he complained nonstop. And when they actually get into the scene with the, the tunnels underground in the, in the water, which is a set, a million dollar set, um, he complained to Michael Bay and they, they raised the water temperature to 90 degrees so that he was warm so sean connery could be warm it was a bath it was a he basically they were all just sharing a giant <laughs> bath together yeah and the the um the because of the temperature um the entire cast and crew 
had a stomach bug that whipped around them. <laughs> And they brought like a some an infectious disease expert in, and they went, "Yeah, you've basically got a giant million dollar incubator there, petri dish, with petri yeah. dish with steam and hot water, and you're all swimming around in it, <laughs> you know." They were on their breaks, uh, like just floating around yeah. in the water. Yeah. I'm sure I stand there. I've shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not again, Sean. And you're in, a, and these guys are in rebreathers. Yeah. <laughs> See, one thing about that little infiltration scene, which I really like, just a little thing was when you know when they're like just before they jump out and they get you know into the water mm-hmm. and they're like going down the lines. So they're like, everyone ready? And he's going down the lines like ready, ready. And he gets Nicholas Cage, and he's already got his scuba <laughs> mask like in his mouth, brilliant. like the yeah. and he's like. Uh, takes out already. <laughs> it's brilliant. Absolutely it's a brilliant. Little bit of comedy. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. they wanted to make him look like he had no, no fucking basically. idea what he was doing, yeah. but again was pretending like he was. Even to the point where Michael Bay adjusted the goggles that were on his head, the scuba goggles that he was wearing, and he, they were straight. And Michael Bay said, "Hang on, let me just straighten those up. They need to be straight." And he actually made them crooked on that purpose. And Nicholas yeah. Cage thought they were straight, but they were actually like across his head at an angle. So that he looked like an idiot, you know, yeah. like it's just little things, little character beats like that. Yeah. So you know he's not necessarily competent in the in the field. Yeah. Stanley can't even he can't even snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> Godspeed, Godspeed, Godspell. Um. So we then see them in there. We then see the shower scene. Oh. oh. One of the greatest scenes yeah. of an action movie ever. Would you say? Oh yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, you said earlier, later on, we're going to go into favorite scenes. That scene for me, that that's that's that, that's the scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it. I, my heart pounds every time, and I know what's going to happen. It's brilliant. It's really tense, isn't it? Yeah. God knows, I agree with you, General Hummel. <laughs> yeah. I cannot give yeah. that order. Yeah. I cannot it's very, give that order. <laughs> yeah, it's very tense, but it's a really good scene. Really well done. Yeah. 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 Brookheimer himself and the, the military advisor on the movie, um, who was also an ex-Navy SEAL, said that those SEALs, even though they were in that position, he said they would have wiped out the Marines. He said the SEALs would have been able to use that point to their own vantage, even though they were lower lower down and they were inside okay. the shower. And he said there's no way that they, they would have been able to to take them out from that, from that location. Mm. Um, but it's just a great scene. Bullets flying, you know, the rock that falls. Maybe that's actually why the movie's called The Rock is because the rock falls off. That one. And yeah. that's the key moment. The catalyst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the catalyst rock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, um, it's, just, it's just such a visceral scene, though. You feel every... Brilliant. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. And we see Tony Todd as well, um, Candyman himself. Helen. <laughs> Come to Alcatraz, Helen. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and he takes out uh, he takes out Michael Bean, and you see that like um, that kind of cylinder of blood pop out the of Michael pack. Bean. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's brilliant, yeah. brilliant moment. Yeah. Um, and then Mason and and Goodspeed are on their own, and they're fending them for themselves. They team up. They go on a on a uh, on a wonderful minecart side quest. <laughs> it's like Indy, jump in. So let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go Temple here, here Temple of Doom here. Yeah. I read though that they wanted to make that a lot more um, fantastical than it was. Like they wanted to, they ran out of money apparently. Like they, it was going to be like a, all of the carts were going to be attached to the ceiling, and they were going to do a lot more of a thing mm. with it. But they ran out of money, supposedly. Thank God. Yeah, I don't think it needed it. It was fine as it was. Yeah, fine as. It I was. don't think they yeah. needed another chase scene. I think they <laughs> no. You know, I think they kind of did what they did with the San Francisco scene, and I think that they didn't need yeah. another one. But um, yeah. 
But Nicolas Cage hated it because he's afraid of heights and he got stuck in that overhead oh, bin, right. you know, the one oh, that's yeah. kind of hanging over the, yeah, the ravine. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, it was one of the scariest days of my life, hanging, <laughs> hanging up. Like, dude, come on. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I love that moment in that one as well, where the guy, there's that brilliant shot of him just suddenly appearing from right at camera, firing. Yeah. Yeah. At him in that back. That's just the way that is shot. It's just brilliant. Mm. That's just suddenly instant bang into it. Mm, like, yeah. That's brilliant. I think that scene as well, yeah. like, um, Captain Hendricks, who's played by John C. McGinley, oh. like gets probably the worst death out of like a lot yeah. of the. How does he actually in. die? Well, he his, he's like strapped to. Well, he gets set on fire. I don't <laughs> yeah, know where Sean Connery got this little vial feet, of like petrol. His feet get set on fire. His, so he's given that on the plane. Oh, that's he, right. He's given on the plane. That part of his with the washers. That basically, manages the to make use of the things. Right. Yeah, exactly. What did he do with yeah, the washers? Yeah, yeah. He never used those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Made himself a bit taller. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so he sets his feet on fire, which, you know, looks bad anyway. And then, yeah, yeah he gets shot up a bit and then like pinned to that, like the cart yeah. thing that they were on. And then goes down into the water. And then goes down. Yeah, it gets released, like dropped, basically, mm. while he's screaming. But at least it puts the fire out. It does. But then like you see like the the the, the dummy in the water at the bottom with like one big <laughs> bent leg like backwards. It's like, wow. Um, and apparently another bit of trivia for that scene, that was going to be apparently quite a bit more violent. They were going to put like Sean Connery, like pinning his hand to like, to, you know, like piercing his hand through into the board so that he was stuck oh, on it. Cause he is stuck on it, but you don't really mm. see why, mm. but they cut that out because they, they thought it was probably a little bit out of character. You know, he is a violent guy anyway, but it's probably a little bit over the top bit even much. for him, yeah, yeah. And for the for the film. But. Yeah, yeah. So, right, set the guy on fire, but no, no more than yeah, that. Yeah, set the set the guy on fire and drown him, but anything else is far <laughs> <Yeah>. too violent. <laughs> it's also got the um it's also got the great one line from Connery when uh when Cage asks him if he's okay, if Mason's okay when he's hanging upside down <laughs> yeah, by his yeah. feet. That is yes, I'm favorite. perfectly okay, you fucking idiot. That's my that's my favorite line. I think that's my favorite line in the entire film because it's so like harsh on good speed. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, so uh, like exasperated with him. He calls everyone a fucking idiot or an idiot. Or <laughs> apparently, he called Michael Bay a fuckhead because when he was hanging upside down, he, he just said, "Oh, you know, is everything going going well? Like, is everything you know good?" And he went, "Just get it over with, fuckhead." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I would have loved to have been on set for this film so much. Well, you well, would have shit for one day, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah but the water would have been stay lovely. out of the bath. Mm. Um, we then we then see Mason meet General Hummel, and that is a, the showdown of all showdowns. It's a mm. it, it, for a movie that's filled with testosterone and and kind of macho pose offs. We see a battle of intelligence and wits, yeah. don't we? Again, that's I'd say that's one of my favourite scenes. I, in fact, even slightly before that, I mean, that shot of Connery walking through the cell block. Yeah, you guys were saying that's really that, cool. just, just how yes. absolutely baller, yeah. ball. Yeah, absolutely yeah. nails that. Yeah. Just that walk through everything down, and then leads into the whole. Yeah, the whole personal. I think you're a fucking yeah. idiot. See, yeah, just brilliant. Just brilliant. I think you're a yeah. fucking idiot. Which I think is my favourite line in the movie. I yeah. mean, that one's, yeah, that one's good too. To be fair. How sorry do you feel for the hostage guy that they got? He played a terrified hostage very well, didn't he? Uh, my name's Larry Henderson, and I got three no, children. Uh, Wait, his name's uh, Harry and the Hendersons? It's like Larry Henderson or something, isn't it? No, it's, it is Larry Henderson. Yeah, is it like, Larry? Yeah, it's Larry Henderson. Do you know, true story, Michael Bay, even though he's nuts, he said he felt very uncomfortable shooting that scene because he said it, 
He said it was just, it was like a couple cameras set up. They had one light and he said it was all these military guys, real, you know, Marines and all that stuff. And then Ed Harrison, the guy with the gun. And he said, the guy was such a good actor. He said, we all felt really uncomfortable. <laughs> we felt like we were filming an actual execution. I'm not surprised. It did look really horrible. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was like really, night yeah. misty on, on uh, Alcatraz and, and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Good call out though. Um, we then see uh, another team up. We see the prison escape. I'm going to take pleasure in gutting you. Gutting you, boy. Boy. <laughs> and we see how Mason originally escaped his cell by swinging some bed sheets with a padlock on it and pulling a couple of levers. Genius. <laughs> Great scene. Um, then there's the mutiny. Basically, Hummel has his hand forced. The clock runs out. He fires the, the rocket and he ditches it. It's about Chicken's to get a great shot Chicken's of the out. rocket flying over, the VX rocket flying over San Francisco, over the hill, over the mountain, and then just over the the, the stadium. Yeah. And and then flies out to sea and impacts in the water. That's like just yeah, that's, cool. that's that's another thing for this film, isn't it? I mean, considering it is you know twenty five years old now, the visuals absolutely stand Stunning. up. Really good. Yeah, all yeah, of the fire, I, I, fire, I, fire, I, fire yeah, even watching it now. Yeah, I, I could. They, it, they don't drop the ball anywhere, no. even by today's standards. Stunning. No. Yeah, it does yeah. look really good. This film. I watched it on DVD, so I haven't actually got the Blu-ray of it. I watched it. I've got the two-disc collector collector edition DVD, and. Uh, when I watch DVDs now, I'm like, oh, no, not a DVD. I'm such a snob with picture mm. quality or whatever. But it looks great, even on DVD. It looks <laughs> fantastic. And it and it sounds great. In fact, in fact, I'll read out. This is I, I um, Our Instagram followers will see that I went to go and buy this from Best Buy. And I did the <laughs> yeah. whole thing where I was going to go buy it. And I got to Best Buy and they didn't have it. So um, I actually ordered it off, off Amazon. And this is the official Amazon description of the movie. If you're ordering The Rock on Blu-ray, be careful with the volume knobs on your home theater sound systems because The Rock could cause partial hearing loss and structural damage to your homes. <laughs> True. True. Oh, isn't that perfect? Yeah. I mean, if you'd made this movie, that's exactly... If, yep. Yeah. If I was if, if I was a producer of this movie, that's what I'd want to be the takeaway. Yep. Mission, mission accomplished. Yeah. Yeah, I don't give a crap about the reviews, just as long as that's written yep. there on anyone by And I just yeah. went, bye now. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It must be said, I did listen to it on uh, on headphones this morning, so that I could listen to it at a volume that wouldn't. Have, I bet it was great. Uh, wasn't it? Everyone, it sounded amazing. Yeah, really good, really good. Yeah. Um, so we then see the mutiny. This is where obviously Hummel's team gang up against him. We see David Morse as well, who's his right hand man. It's been an honor serving with you, sir. sir. Greatest honor of my life. Yeah, greatest honor of my life serving with you, General. And then you think he's going to double cross him, and then he doesn't. Man, man. Oh, Stand down. Stand down, Captain. Stand, stand down. down. We then see, and I don't know, did any of you guys pick out the the uh, the, the 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 gaff in this scene? Did anyone no. see when General Hummel gets shot? No. Go on. I never noticed this until I watched the commentary, and and Michael Bay actually mm. mentions it. Actually, Brookheimer mentions it. Um, General Hummel gets shot. Ed Harris gets shot, and he flies back through the air. If you recall. Yeah, he does. And he clearly lands on an inflatable oh, blue crash mat. mat. I did notice that today, but yes. I, thought, <laughs> I thought, yeah, I did notice that, the crash mat, yeah. 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 I'd never noticed this before. I noticed the dummies, 
I even noticed the dummy in Broken Arrow, the the John Travolta dummy, before the rock, the, the warhead hits him and knocks him through the back of the train. By the way, yeah. we absolutely have to do a video store corner on Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow, um, yeah. but it pulls him through the train. Anyway, in this, I'd never noticed this before, but when you watch it, it's there for like a second. It's clearly there, and then when you, you see him on the floor, it's gone. Yeah, it cuts and you see him laying on the floor. Yeah, um, this is the only time Nicolas Cage and Ed Harris shared a scene. Is when he he grabs him by the shoulder and drags him back through the through the prison. Oh yeah, and um, into into relative safety before dying. Um, and uh, so that that's a great scene. Also, then the last rocket scene. Oh yeah. So this is where Mason mm-hmm. and Cage team up for the last the last time to to find and defuse that last rocket. Mason goes on his own little quest. He ends up having a fist fight with a rather bald looking marine. And Nick Cage goes to find the rocket and he gets chased down by uh, Mr. Curtains himself. I can't remember the character's name. <laughs> no, Mr. 90s. Mr. Uh, 90s. Captain Mr. 90s Fry there. is his name. Exactly. Um, thoughts on this? Can, I, mean, I, mean, I'm just, I mean, if I can interject that, I mean, this film has, it's actually the film with the three movie characters I would personally most like to murder. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, and that, and that's, I mean, I know you I kind of should probably say put Womack in there, but yeah, Leo, I love Leo in the West Wing, so I can't really <laughs> do that. But but yeah, it, it it's Fry and Barrow. Aren't they mm. just utterly repellent shit? Yes. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, so they are the They die horribly. Yeah. They die horribly and they deserve it. Mm. You know what I mean? That that's one of the, the yeah, their horrible deaths are really horrible. Satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. And I and and the well, I mean, actually just to sort of revisit, but the third person on my list would be Ranger fucking Bob. <laughs> with his one sock you know up I mean? and his one Those two sock, guys yeah. and him. Do you know what I mean? That, I, yeah, holy shit. I mean, I want to hang him by those socks. Poor old Ranger Bob. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. killed Ranger mean, Bob over the guy. Yeah. I mean, Ray, was it? I looked up Raymond O'Connor, who played him. And I'll say to him, you know, fair play to him brilliantly, but Jesus, mate, don't ever step out in front of me in the road wearing those socks. They should have, they should have, they should have yeah. um, hung him by his socks and then, and then killed him with pigeons. <laughs> Around at the end of Home Alone 2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cover him in seeds and hang him off the balcony of the Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco. I mismatched socks. Yeah. <laughs> by his garter, by his socks, his socks garters. Here hangs Ranger Barb. <laughs> Has anyone seen uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer? Oh, yeah, but not for a long time. You got that great scene in there. Hid, hid. Yeah, no, you got the great yeah. scene yeah. on Alcatraz. <laughs> Pissing into the bitch's ocular cavities. <laughs> Which is the Ranger Bob character, but it's Phil Hartman, right? Right. His last, one yeah. of his last ever roles. Brilliant. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a great, I think you're right. They get the death they deserve, right? Oh, yeah. Fry gets the, the orb, the pearl in, of VX in his mouth, and yeah. Nicolas Cage punches him. Yeah. And uh, spits it everywhere. Yeah. And this then. Oh, there's also the scene. Can we just quickly talk about this? Connery getting getting having a fist fight with the the marine and oh that that like oh the, the the most annoying missing line in the whole the movie. most is that where we're going to exactly go? yeah English and, and I can't firstly, believe Connery didn't insist Connery on gets called an English prick yeah when he is yeah. clearly Scottish famously yeah. Scottish yeah. and and in in the movie as well they actually state earlier he was born in Glasgow, Glasgow. so it's yeah. even you know. And the f- I cannot believe Connery didn't. And then, and then, yeah, but, and then the yeah. Marine says, "Did I ever tell you my old man was Irish?" 
as if yeah, it's to English. say, you know, you're English, I'm Irish, whatever, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Of course, he's never told him that because yeah. he's never met him before. So why would <laughs> he know enough. that? Yeah, exactly. um, yeah, but yeah. then they, they have that fight. But what I did notice about that, why I think Connery didn't interject, is that it's a single camera shot when he says those two lines. And it's as if he's mm. fighting the camera. Yeah, he's so like he, straight into it. He looks straight down the camera. English prick. So it's like they did it when Connery was probably offset, sitting in his trailer, yeah. you know, practicing his golf swing or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did I ever tell you about golf, dear boy? Yeah. Uh, it's a gentleman's game. But it it would have been the perfect outro to that scene, wouldn't it? Of, I'm not English, I'm Scottish. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Like, and then yeah, chain him up and then hang him by his... Yeah, by yeah, his, yeah, yeah. 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 So... This brings us to the final set piece. Um, this is my, I know we've kind of skipped ahead, but we'll do it anyway, because Sean's talked about it. This is my personal favorite scene in the movie. I think from a visual, from an emotional, from an audio, everything moment. Stanley Goodspeed is, uh, gets intoxicated with VX. He grabs the atropine um, injection. He sticks it into, apparently into his heart, but it looks to me like he's put it straight into his stomach. <laughs> straight in his belly button. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he uh, starts spasming and he's kind of, you know, laying on the floor and he's kind of recovering. And we know that the FBI figured that they're both dead. So they call an airstrike to eviscerate the island and take out all of this gas with a uh, high kind of napalm type um, uh, solution. And we see the jets. We see we see Nicolas Cage look up, and he sees the bay, San Francisco Bay, and he sees the Golden Gate Bridge. And you see, he just sees the the light hitting the jets yeah. as they're about to come down on their final run. And you just see the the light shine off those jets, and the music kicks in. Oh, oh mate, I'm I'm welling up here I've, with just you describing. I've got chill, it. I've got actual chills if you oh, can see on yeah. camera. And. <laughs> And then we see the jets fly down under the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, that scene where they go under, where they like drop low yeah. under radar. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And and good speed pops the smoke because we know the green smoke means abort yeah. at all green costs. Smoke. The mission's over. Green smoke. And he pops down there, and then you see the digga, 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 the 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 guy with the lens. He sees the green smoke. As Sean says, calls in the green smoke. We then see the control room, and we see. Um, the FBI agent, may God have mercy on their souls. <laughs> we then see Jim Caviezel get the call, abort, abort. Jim Caviezel, the uh, the Passion yeah. of the Christ, who became you know the, the famous actor. Obviously, on he's the, the pilot. We don't really know that, but we at this time Captain Square Jaw, Square Jaw, really Square Jaw. Their, their jaws are so square. So all the pilots, pilots, so square. And he <laughs> hits the red button just as he's aborting, and it fires the rocket, and you see the rocket go to hit the island right behind Stanley Goodspeed. And he's got the flares up like Platoon, yeah. like the uh, Willem Dafoe scene in Platoon. Yeah. And the jets fly up and the whole back of the island explodes. And we see Goodspeed go into the water. And he flying. this flies through the air. But this moment we see Goodspeed under the water. And then you see Sean Connery dive in above him and Goodspeed's unconscious. And as he dives in, the... I'm going, I'm going. And he pulls him out. What a fucking scene. It's awesome. I mean, as a filmmaker, that would be, you know, if that was me, that would just, my, I'm done. I'm sweating. Yeah, I'm, you know sweating. What I mean? I'm, I'm retired. I'm, ne I'm never doing better no. than that. That's me. That's me done. Bye. Yeah. 
I, I actually yeah. watched it twice, that scene last night. I watched it twice. I finished mm. the movie and I watched it. It got tears me. I actually, sh- I stood up and I shouted. I was like, come on, let's go. <laughs> I love, love that scene. It is a great yeah. scene. Oh. Anything else to say about it? I think we could say anything else. Um, <laughs> but we do, we do then, we do then get the, the amazing phone call um, of, uh, oh, to <laughs> the radio call to, to Goodspeed from, uh, from Womack. <laughs> Still, still being a complete good speed. It's yeah. Womack. Yeah. What? Where's Mason? What's happened to Mason? <laughs> Vaporize. Just come and get me. Vaporize. And then he comes out to the island, and then the first thing you see is Womack coming up to Goodspeed. Doesn't care how he is. Doesn't ask how he is. Where is that son of a bitch? I want to see his body. Vaporize, sir. Vaporize. Blown out to sea. That can happen to a human body. Can vaporize. <laughs> <laughs> just obsessed with the outcome of Mason, isn't he? I love oh, yeah. that character. Yeah. So like one he that all he so cares much. about. One hates him. Yeah. When he's yeah. the one that's been yeah. an arsehole and kept him in prison for 30 years without, for without, no reason. Chart, without <laughs> charge. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. But you kind of, you kind of, I'm, I'm, I kind of excuse that almost because he just thinks he's going to kill him. Yeah. He? He's going to find me and he's going to, if I don't, if he's not dead, I'm dead. Yeah. 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 Sheer, yeah. 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 And then of um, course, Fort Walton, Kansas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go through that. So we we find so basically, Nicholas Cage tells Sean Connery he wants to go on a vacation to Maui, and Connery convinces him instead to go to Fort Walton, Kansas. Forget Maui. Forget Maui. Fort Walton, Kansas. Look under the the pew, hollow pew, hollow leg in the pew, and they go. Uh, Carla, his uh, fiance, who we haven't really talked about. Um, but Carla, his fiance, and and he go to a church in Fort Walton, Kansas, in the beige Volvo, and beige Volvo. he runs out being chased by the priest, having sawn the leg off of the church pew. And as they drive off in, with the just married sign on the back of the car with loaded cans dragging behind them into the Kansas uh, sun sunset, uh, we hear the immortal line from Nicolas Cage as he unravels the microfilm that we find is the reason... <laughs> that Connery was in prison all those years ago. Honey, want to know who really killed JFK? JFK. And then they drive off and the score cuts in. And it's just a great, a great ending, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. Perfect, yeah. Great scene. And we see dedicated to the memory of Don Simpson, who, the producer of all of these wonderful movies, Crimson Tide and... And Days of Thunder and so on passed away during the making of the movie. Yeah, before its completion, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a real shame. Um, but yeah, nice, nice tribute to him though. Yeah, at the end, definitely. Yeah. Um, Am I right that there was talk of that? I think a, a sequel was considered, wasn't it? About yeah, the further so, adventures of Stanley in the microfilm. Kind yeah. Of so exactly. So so Michael Bay had an idea. He basically had this 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 plan that the government come to find Stanley Goodspeed for having the microfilm in the same way that obviously they, they, they arrested Mason in the first place. Mm. Stanley kind of ends up breaking up with Carla and going off on his own kind of side mission. I guess the kind of enemy of the state type type movie, I would yeah, say. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then he employs the help of, of Mason to, to help him like, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, um, escape from the government and, you know, clear his name basically. Um, I kind of, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad it didn't happen, I think, probably. But at the same time, it would have been nice to see this double act play out a bit further. I mean, I, they were a great double act. Yeah, because they had a road movie. It would have been amazing. 
Yeah. <laughs> would you, would yeah. you call it, like, you know, like the Fast and Furious movies, they have all these kind of puns on there. You, ha- you have The Rock, the original. Would you call the sequel The Rock and a Hard Case? <laughs> wow. Um, the Rock yeah. and a Hard Case. <laughs> You're between The Rock and a Hard Case, aren't you, Womack? <laughs> How's your bowling arm? <laughs> she, she, what I did there. I would have a prequel. I'd do, I'd, and I'm not a prequel guy, prequel, but I would yeah. do, a, I would do a, mm. a Mason, a Mason Womack prequel. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that takes you into the whole thing about is is Mason Bond, and that's that kind of opens up that whole. Apparently, apparently on set he he sidled up to uh, Bruckheimer, and he said, "So uh, don't say anything to anybody, but uh, I'm basically Bond, aren't I?" <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "He's like, mm, yeah, I can see why you would think that." Yeah, you know? he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's good to be back in the action. Apparently, <laughs> love that. Brilliant. Um, I mean, I suppose. I mean, I think the only kind of thing that negates that to a degree was the, I guess, the point from it, which could of course be a lie, is where he says he's army, and of course Bond. No, he was, was navy. Yeah, navy. Yeah. yeah. So you know, in terms Come of on, outside that, but then that could be a lie, mm. couldn't it? So I don't. Well, he says British yeah. intelligence. Then he says SAS. Yeah. 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 So it's <laughs> British intelligence. Yeah. Trained by the British. The ages for Bond wouldn't have worked either. Like he would have been too old. Like from Bond, I think, to be the age he was in The Rock. Wasn't he Bond in the sixties? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've... I haven't got any scientific yeah, I it... evidence to. <laughs> I don't think this I was read. a sci-fi movie. Maybe, maybe we're all reading. <laughs> I don't think it was in the year <laughs> twenty twenty-two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's an Ian Aliens with uh, Michael Wait, Boone. How did you escape The Rock? Oh, Jetpack, darling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a DB5 waiting on the door. The washers. That's what I had, the washers were I had a DB99 waiting for me. Yeah. A hover car. <laughs> I had my DeLorean pick me up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that whole Bond Mason thing, though, I, I kind of like the not thinking it through mm, thing. Yeah. Do you mm. know what I mean? I kind of like leaving it hanging there and thinking, hmm, and not committing. Love it's it. It's kind of a bit of fun. But, so we talked about some best lines. Uh, I think we kind of covered off those. I, I just want to throw a couple more out there. There's there's one that comes out of left field from Philip Baker Hall after the briefing scene in Washington, and he says to FBI Director Womack, "Jesus Christ, Jim Mason, he's my age now. I have to get up three times a night to take a piss." <laughs> take yeah, a that's piss. a really good line. <laughs> that is a good yeah, line. Yeah, very good line. The one that always the one that always cracks me up, and I'm sorry, but you know it's schoolboy. It's- his possible penetration point in the shower <laughs> every time. <laughs> Why do you think I use the word penetration in the in, in the intro twice? By the way? Oh yeah, yeah. Womack um, <laughs> is always a good one. Um, I yeah. think for me, you know, it's the losers always whine about their best. Oh, yeah, winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Yeah. Carla was the prom queen. Yeah. Really? really? <laughs> <laughs> He's so impressed. It's that newfound respect oh, moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. A good-looking lady. Yeah, yeah. A good-looking wee lassie. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I like... Um, Shumsh. Yeah. Uh, it's Goodspeed's line. You know, when he's like stuck in the cell and he's going a bit mad. And then he starts... And like, while you, watch, while you watch Mason, like, break out, you know, open the doors and stuff. And uh, he does he does that complete cage thing, doesn't he? <laughs> which I'm, I can't really recreate. But when he's just talking about like, <laughs> you know, it'd be really nice to know how you got out. Your, and he says, uh, how you got out of the cell. And he goes, but how in the name of Zeus's butthole <laughs> did you get out of your cell? <laughs> and then he goes, 
I only ask because in our current situation, well, it could prove to be useful infinite information. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like the complete Nicolas Cage. Emphasis on, on a yeah. single word. On, like weird words. That none of us can say. We'd just be like, you know, I just ask because it, it could be useful information maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. And I've, all, I've always liked Shum Sniper. Shum Sniper's going to get his arse. just going to get his arse. Yeah. Because it's such a great one to do when you're doing your bad corner. Of <laughs> what about what about the Rocket Man? No one's even mentioned that. Oh, that's oh, a good one. Yeah, Rocket. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Go on, Mel. So Tony Todd. Let's Tony Todd is it's the final final Rocket showdown. Um, Cage has already taken the VX canisters out of the Rocket. Um, Tony Todd's in the, the the lighthouse facing off against Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage has the Rocket controls right next to him, um, and uh, for some reason. Nicholas Cage mentions the Elton John song Rocket Man. Are you familiar with the Elton John song Rocket Man? Tony Todd cuts to Tony Todd with his knife and he goes, I don't like soft ass like shit. Soft ass shit. And he, he goes, Well, that's you. You're the Rocket Man. And then he flips the switch on the rocket and the rocket fires Tony Todd out the window. Tony Todd then falls, looking up at the camera. As if that's not bad As enough. As if it's not bad enough, like he could just fall <laughs> to his death. No, he lands on a, on a spike. Which has, yeah. I guess it's a fence post. Barbed wire. Which has barbed wire wrapped around it. <laughs> I mean, as, one line, I mean as, as lines go, I think that's definitely an action movie. Yeah. And then he goes, and then Absolutely. the camera kind of cuts to him and he looks right down the lens, Nicholas Cage, and he goes, do you like how that shit works? <laughs> I always <laughs> think about that death, like when he's hanging, you know, he's on that pole. You know, you've got probably like a cleanup team that have got to go in there and remove like all the bodies. Yeah. And then like, I think we got them all. Like, and the then they like, reopen the tour and there's like one random body just stuck on a pole, like way out in the distance. Like, we missed one. Yeah. The just with like Because no one else would have known that, he, that happened to him. Yeah, brilliant. Um, the, the one interesting fact about that line, by the way, it was always in the script. It was in the script from the very beginning. It wasn't like ad libbed or anything like that. But Nicolas Cage was like, I like, I love it. It's a great line, but there's no reason why he would say it. You know, you just this chemical weapons expert. So the whole him getting the record at the beginning, the Beatles record, yeah. him sitting at home playing his guitar. Okay. That was all um, Nicolas Cage decided that he needed to make this guy obsessed with music in order for that um, line to have the payoff. That's the only reason he gets the record and he gets the, he gets the, he's playing his guitar. And then there's also the scene where Carla is apparently dry humping Nicolas Cage on the roof of their apartment <laughs> because she's actually fully clothed, but it looks like they're having sex and she's kind of motioning up and down and he's naked. But then when she stands up, she's fully clothed. But anyway, in the background is the is Rocket Man. The song Rocket Man yeah, is playing in the background of that, that scene. Yeah. Gotcha. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Someone any more for any more trivia? Um I've got a couple of bits of trivia, if you want to hear any more. Um some I'll, I'll try and pick some we've covered a lot of the ones that I'd written down anyway, because it was inevitable, mm. wasn't it? Um did you know the premiere of this was actually held in the recreation yard on Alcatraz? <laughs> I mean, that's very cool. I would have liked to have gone to That's that cool. premiere. Um, Quentin Tarantino was an uncredited screenwriter on this as well. Yep. And Aaron um, Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin as well, Sorkin, yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the guy who gets his Humvee stolen by Sean Connery uh, 
is the same guy who gets his car stolen by Ed Harris in National Treasure Book of Secrets. No. <laughs> yeah, because it's another Bruckheimer right. film. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you got the same guy. And another it's Nicholas Cage and a, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. perfect. Mm. I thought that was a nice little, uh, <laughs> nice little uh, link. Nice. Apparently, Arnold Schwarzenegger was offered the role of Mason as well, which is... Can't really, mm. can't really see that one happening. <laughs> can't really see that happening. But, you know, he got a skate plan, didn't he, in 2013? So it, it all worked out well. <laughs> Losers always whine about their best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Runners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> I need to see it like a, what they call it, the deep fake of, uh, of Arnold in, uh, in The Rock. Um. Yeah, and oh, in the scene in the interrogation when um, Goodspeed like introduces himself to Mason, and he says, "I'm, I'm Goodspeed, like you know, Stanley Goodspeed," and uh, Sean Connery goes, "But of course you are." And oh, that would be uh, Diamonds Are Forever. There you go, mm. good knowledge. Yeah. So yeah, exactly the same line from 1971's Diamonds plenty. Are Forever. Yeah, for plenty O'Toole. Plenty. <laughs> named named for your father, perhaps. <laughs> it's almost like you do this for a living, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, I hadn't thought of that. Then. The other one, when, you know, as we were talking about the, the deaths and Nicolas Cage shoves the green orb of um, VX gas into the, the into the, uh, Fry's the mouth. guy's mouth. Yeah. Uh, and he says the great line, I think it's a great line. He's like, when he's shoving it in his mouth, he's like, eat that, you fuck. <laughs> like while he's shoving it into his mouth. Mm. But apparently the original line that was in the script was, uh, did I ever tell you I was going to be a dad? Yeah. And Nicolas Cage <laughs> like hated it. So mm. he, he convinced... Uh, like Bruckheimer to like change it. He's like, no, please change it to this. It'll be much better. And they filmed it, and he was like, yeah, it was better. <laughs> well, it's so good with it's so good with him bringing bringing the f bomb in because he hadn't sworn, he hadn't sworn. He always he yeah, he says like any point. Not really. That, no, it's like two. I think. Butthole. Butthole. Um, <laughs> it's funny because yeah. you just had the scene before it where he'd said where the marine had said, "Did I ever tell you my old man was Irish?" And then you have Nicholas Cage saying. Did I ever to the other guy? Did I ever tell you I was going yeah. to be a dad? It's like yeah. why, why are they just that mirroring that each other? Yeah. Rubbish. Yeah. When did we all meet? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stanley Anderson, who portrayed the president in this, was in another Michael Bay movie, which was Armageddon in nineteen ninety-eight. Oh. Uh, also, as the president. So it's interesting. Oh, isn't so it? it's a shared universe, is what you're saying? Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Wow. And I think the rocket went up and killed. <laughs> <laughs> it shot down Bruce Willis's rocket and I'll be good. Why didn't um, they just why didn't they why didn't they just put John Patrick Mason on a rocket and get him to blow up the uh get him to blow up the, the asteroid instead of Bruce Willis? <laughs> that would have been much easier. And um, he's on the phone to Jade as he's about to blow up. Yeah. Blow it up. <laughs> yeah. pro, pro. Up, 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 you'll probably find Womack next there. Womack probably, would be up there. What? Yeah, probably while he was in the Bart, he was in the Bartlett White House. I'm not letting you get away this time, time, Mason. And he's just floating around yeah. in his spacesuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, he's blown out of an airlock. Where's that um, son yeah. of a bitch? I want to see his body floating <laughs> through space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple, couple of little, just little bits from me. So, around 32 minutes in the film. As we were talking about, he goes to the Fairmont Hotel. He requests yep. Mason requests a suite at the Fairmont Hotel, which is conveniently in real life located at 950 Mason Street. Ooh. Hey. Yeah, which is a good one. Um, and the last one. So 
Apparently, Sean Connery insisted that the producers of the film build a cabin for him on Alcatraz because he didn't want to keep traveling from like the mainland on the boat uh, every day, <laughs> like over to the <laughs> island. Right. So, he, so they just built him a cab- that is a so cabin. That's so Sean Connery. Yeah. I'd like a, a fucking cabin. Yeah. yeah. Wood, a wood paneled cabin with a jacuzzi. <laughs> That's kind of like him on Highlander because apparently he insisted on being helicoptered into every, every kind of rural shot they did. Everyone else was sleeping out in bogs, you know, mm. things like that. And uh, I did get up while, you know, Connery's <laughs> hey, chopper arrived. If you don't ask, you don't <laughs> Sorry, get Connery's what? So to speak. Yeah, yeah. If you don't <laughs> Guys, ask, we got Connery's it. chopper on set. Yeah. <laughs> if we could just lock up all the ladies. Make sure your daughters stay home on the Wednesday. It's Connery's <laughs> chopper day. Uh, that's it for my trivia. Well, mind you, maybe... Schmorzenegger had been cast, he'd get to Connery's chopper. Oh, no. <laughs> get to the Connery chopper! <laughs> um, one, la- one last little fact for me is about, about Ed Harris. If you've seen the outtakes on the DVD or on YouTube, check out the outtakes because General Hummel has a lot of monologues to a camera where he's briefing the, you know, where he's in, uh, negotiating with the, uh, with the White House. And there's the scene where he's on the phone and he can't get it right. He can't get the dialogue right. I've and he ends this, yeah. up. He's on the phone looking right down and he ends up dis- like destroying the prop. And he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. Just smashing the phone, the phone to a million pieces. And, and basically, like Ed Harris is actually a, 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 supposed to be a pretty funny, like nice, relaxed guy. But apparently in this scene, and you also see Michael Bay has, had it, having to address him as sir when they call cut. And so, yeah, so he'll be like, so he'll be like, and cut, could we, could we do it in the light? And he goes, can we do it in the light? What? Ed Harris is like, can we do it in the light? What? He's like, can we do it in the light, sir? And he's like, yes, sir, we can do it in the light, sir. And he like goes back to character. stand in the light. Yeah. yeah. Um, but right. a- after this, after this scene where he smashes the phone, every day after um, Ed Harris would have a bad like moment, like, you know, delivering certain lines and like stressing out, as a joke, Michael Bay would get one of the runners on the set to bring him a prop phone that he could smash <laughs> as a joke. And it was just became this like running gag. So every time like he fucked up, basically like, here's, here's your phone, Ed. And he would just break it up. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> what a movie. What a movie. Well, that was it. That was the 25th anniversary of the Rock Movie Mouth Podcast Spoiler Special, our very own Video Store Corner Special. Chaps, any last words from you, Sean? I'll just I'll just mirror what was said earlier. Anyone out there who hasn't seen this movie, watch it. Definitely. And I I would mirror that. Go watch it. Turn the volume up. Um, make to eleven. Make sure, yeah. Make sure that you you don't put it up too loud because it could cause partial hearing loss and structural damage to your home. And join us on the next Movie Mouth Podcast slice of movie and TV related fun. And before then, please follow our Facebook and Instagram accounts at Movie Mouth Podcast and hit subscribe. Or please give us a nice five star review on your podcast player of choice, Sean. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Yes, thank you, Sean. Always a pleasure. Good to have you along again. Always a pleasure, guys. Sean Connolly. Keep up the good work. (laughs) Thank you kindly. And we will be back next week to our regular programming with a classic Movie Mouth podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.